In a celebration of the first ever football game that took place in Yankee Stadium, Syracuse and the Pitt Panthers returned to the new Yankee Stadium in a celebratory convocation to commemorate the occasion a hundred years later. A century ago, Hughes came away with a 3-0 win over Pitt after a third quarter kick sealed the deal. However, in 2023, the two teams were in dire straits and both teams hoped to stop losing skids. The Q's congregation cruised on the opening drive down the turf and Garrett Schrader completed his only pass of the day for a five-yard touchdown toss to take a 7-0 lead. The Panthers' defense found a fortunate fumble in a field goal to cut Q's lead down to 7-3. After a plethora of punts, a Pitt Panther pass was plucked out of the air by Bub Means who matriculated the moleskin for 65 yards, putting Pitt in prime position. The Panthers then punched it in for a 10-7 lead. The Panthers then found another field goal to push the Pitt lead to 13-7 at halftime. After halftime, the pigskin was in the possession of Pitt, but it plummeted to the playing surface and was scooped up by Syracuse. The Orange then kicked it into overdrive, cutting and carving the Pitt defense to find a terrific 21-yard touchdown taking a 14-13 lead. The plucky Panthers ran out of pluck and luck in the second half. They threw a pick six, then fumbled on the very next drive, which Cues cashed in for a comfortable 20 13 lead. The Panthers' offense was puzzled and perplexed and couldn't push the peanut for any additional points. Hughes calmly closed out the contest with tight end Dan Villari, punishing the pit defense and toting the rock to the tune of 17 carries and 154 yards. Syracuse 28, pit 13. Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of November 12th, 2023. We have wrapped up week 11, and I don't know that I'm any... Cl- I've been trying to divine truth, right? What is what is podcasting and sports media, but trying to divine truth, right? That's what we do here? Sure. sure. And so uh, with that, I have looked at the tea leaves of this weekend, and I still don't fucking know what's going on sometimes. Because... We have some facts, we have some fiction, and we have some storylines that we're going to pull at and see what happens. As always, I'm Jordan. With me tonight, I've got Kamish, Beth, Pit Girl, and Arthur on the ones and twos, fresh back from New York City. Beth, how are you? Um, I'm a little worried because uh, I a few people told me that they weren't able to hear any of my salient commentary on the last couple of podcasts. <laughs> so, like... No. Arthur, Arthur, stop muting me. That's mean. Yep. <laughs> we just we're just slamming that mute button on back. We we were just giving everyone the full Brian Floyd experience. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey girl, how are you? I watched very little football this weekend, so I am Ooh, I'm excited. Looking then. forward to You're prepared. finding out what the fuck happened. There you go. Kamish? Uh just just happy to be here. Uh, I was visited by the in laws this weekend. And um, they don't take too kindly to me uh, watching just football all day long on Saturdays. So uh, I had to, you know, coach my final youth soccer game in the morning. Uh, then I got roped into dinner at an Italian restaurant in a strip mall. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, How was it? 
Strip mall um, Italian is not uncommon in Pennsylvania. That's why um, I asked. Yeah. Okay, so this is San Antonio. My mom's side of the family is full-blooded Italian, and uh, they do they do their own sauce. They hand make their own ravioli. They 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 make their own cannoli shells. And and the and, Philly, and this was not. I'm guessing. And and this was just. I don't know, man. Um, I I'm, I'm not going to name the place, but I mean, really, San Antonio is not necessarily known for their Italian. Uh, no, no, they're not. No, so um, it, it it was fine. I, a lot of things in San Antonio, I, I've had to realize like I have to do this myself if I want it to be the way I want it to be. So, uh, yeah, same with the Cajun to, food. You know, I got to do the same thing here. Mm-hmm. To, to pick girls' wider point, um, thinking quickly through, there's only one homemade Italian restaurant I can think of that is not in a strip mall. If you want a freestanding Italian place in the uh, greater Altoona area, you are largely limited to the Olive Garden family of products. <laughs> yeah, there's there there's um, Olive Garden stays packed in San Antonio. It is ridiculous. Like it is just constantly overflowing with people, and I am just, you know, no no thank you. Um, there's there's other Italian restaurants. I mean, like Carabas is is not bad. There's there's Maggiano's, which is I mean again these are all chains. There, there was one Italian restaurant here in, in San Antonio that was pretty good, uh, but then like the quality just went down, and it, you just you just can't pay those prices. Um, it was something called Paisano's, which was it was good. Um, oh yeah, I was yeah. in vintage, vintage shrimp Paisano, which is yeah, it was it was good. And then you know, after a few years uh, of you know maybe going there uh, every once in a blue moon or whatever, uh, you started to notice that the portions got smaller and smaller. And then you finally realize the shrimp paisano is basically four shrimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just like, okay, that's this is not enough for four shrimp. So, no, thank you. And I can make it better. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd rather do the the stuff myself. But, you know, with two kids, it's a little bit difficult to do that. So, I'll say that. Well, folks, let's start with, I guess, the biggest news of the day. Jim Harbaugh is not. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm <laughs> We'll get to we'll get to Michigan later. Yeah, we'll fine. Do Michigan later. Hey. I know Beth really wants to talk about it. I do badly. Yes. I have many opinions. Let's talk about the first spin on the coaching carousel. It fired up after only the two shitbirds in the Big Ten being fired so far this year. Both Commission and I had said that this felt like it was late. It's slow start. It yeah. does feel very late. It does. And and then the trickle started. And it started not just with a trickle, with big money, because Jimbo Mm -hmm. Fisher is gone at Texas A&M. After putting a 40-some point beatdown on Mississippi State, too, it's not like he lost embarrassingly, and the boosters were like, oh no, that's it. It's, we didn't beat Mississippi State by enough, I guess? No, they they, they decided this... They decided this Wait. on Thursday. Oh, yeah we we mustn't we mustn't expensively fire someone at at immediate cause like one of the poor's. Yes. No, they 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 planned this on Thursday. So at at the board of trustees meeting. So this was premeditated. And when this hit the newswire this morning, all of a sudden the number came into everyone's head because they owe him. Somewhere between seventy and eighty million dollars. I'd heard seventy six or seventy seven is the most commonly cited figure. Yes, and that's a lot of goddamn money mm-hmm. to not to not do your job. I 
I'm wondering, because Beth, you and I are in education. Yep. And in contracts, they have these things, wonderful things called duties as assigned. Mm-hmm. So that if if I am a teacher, a band director, whatever, and I'm no longer wanted, that they can still keep me along. I'm still in contract. They can just have me teach whatever. I could go, yep. I could go, you know, do be a crossing guard for the same amount of money if that's what they wanted mm-hmm. me to do. Yes, you could, as a friend of mine who was a band director experienced, you could go be a study hall teacher for 20 years. Yep. Oh, God. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not great. Oh, this is probably before, like, you could just spend that time fucking around on your phone, too. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. So my first idea was we've talked about Texas A&M Cotter's campus, that they have a sports program there. And... Mm-hmm. The idea of Ted Lasso, but it's Jimbo being the cricket coach at Texas A&M Cutter. That, to me, is real funny for $78 million. I mean, you're going to pay him to do nothing. You mm-hmm. might as well make him do something. You might as well make him do something. Mm-hmm. Something very far away. Yeah. Put him in. You, d- you just him wanted him to leave. You did it. Mm-hmm. He left. Well, like, they have a Galveston campus. Send him to Galveston. Send him to Doha. I don't care. Is that far? I assume all places in Texas are far. I mean, it's From it's a couple of station. Yeah, probably. Texas A and M Commerce has a football team, right? Yeah. They yes. Do. Do, do they want Tar- a seventy-eight million dollar coach? Tarleton State is now technically a is I believe Tarleton State is an A and M system school. Yeah. Send him out to Tarleton State. Send uh, him someplace else. Uh, send him to Texas A and M San Antonio to start a football program. Yes. There you go. It's like you're designating him for assignment and then you call up a new pitcher. I mean, coach. Mm-hmm. Put him back down to the minors. He needs time to season. Yeah. And then pull Tarleton up to the majors. You did it. Oh, God. What if he ends up at the Nick Saban school for coaches who can't coach good? I think he's burned that bridge so yeah. wildly. I know. <laughs> I think he's torched that bridge. <laughs> that would be funny. I didn't realize, apparently, he started his high school career playing quarterback for Terry Bowden. That's right. Mm-hmm. The circle of ULM not, is back. I did not know that. So, so like, the Bowdens, the Sabins, the Jimbos, like, it all comes back to West Virginia. And I'm sad that we will miss out on that level of West Virginia mad happening on the sidelines. West Virginia in college football is like Finland in Formula One. There are so many people at top levels that come from there, and I'm not fucking sure why. Moontown. Also, also, you drink a lot and drive very recklessly. So I think I'm actually seeing There's it now. There's not it's a fine. lot else to do. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mostly we discovered that Volkswagen was cheating at diesel. But yeah, yeah. that's true. You did do that. I am going to pull up Matt Brown's thread about the buyout because he did a little data journalism today. And, oh, it's beautiful. And it's great. Uh, I'm just going to read some of these here. The buyout of Jimbo Fisher is higher than the gross domestic product of Tuvalu, which is about $60 million. Uh, Also, that's more than the total annual athletic budget for every single public school outside the P5. Also, it's more than what the entire American and Conference USA made in ticket revenue across every single sport combined. Also, it's more than the endowment of Texas Wesleyan University. Also, it's could pay for, would pay for more than seven point seven million uh, bacon cheese waterburger combos. I think that's the number five. They may have changed it. Also, it would it would uh, allow people to pay for more than one point three million annual subscriptions of extra points. Matt Brown's newsletter, which you should all definitely follow because it yes. is a banger. Mm-hmm. 
Everyone should get at least a million subscriptions. It is just insane. It was, if I recall correctly, several trillion Vietnamese dong. Yes. Mm -hmm. What was it, Kamish? Uh, I got got to get the tweet pulled up here. So I had it saved, but. It was it was it was a lot of dong. It was, so it was, many dongs. You know, so many dongs, which you know, people request they want to know how many dongs it is. And you know, mm-hmm. I just did that once because I was trying to figure out the the highest you know, like currency exchange rate. Yeah, it was the uh it was the uh yes. Yeah, it's I one of the, the highest. Tweet. I have okay. the tweet. It is okay. uh one point eight trillion dong. Yes. Okay. That's that's a lot of that's dong. That's right. Um so many. The, and and Good. Oh, just going for the the Terry Bowden units, which you I was going to say. Yes. Yeah, we got to do. That's our standard measure of coach buyouts, which you know Alex Kirshner does the Petrino, whatever. That's a bigger uh, measurement because you know that's that's big time coaching, and and we're worried about the 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 very bottom of of FBS, which uh, the Terry Bowden unit is is four hundred thirty five thousand dollars, four hundred dollars per year, four hundred thirty five thousand four hundred dollars per year. Uh, coach, that's base salary. I don't know if Terry's got some, you know, catfish cabin bonus bucks or something I, that I he gets you. in that, that he gets, contract. He gets like a Honda Accord to drive around. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, maybe a Ford Taurus. It's like it's a Crown Vic that they got from a police auction. It, it, and a again, ten thousand dollar bonus if he wins the national championship. Sure, done. If he beats the Cajuns, he gets ten thousand um, oh, dollars. I, I would love to see an incentive laden contract for ULM. It'd be great. Uh, but a seventy-six million dollar buyout is 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 equal to one hundred seventy-four and a half years of Terry Bowden as your head coach. So, so I, I think it's extremely sickos for us to decide that we now have a second unit of measure. And so we have the TBU and then we have like, so we can say that 174 TBUs is equal to a Jimbo. Yes. And those are the only measures we have. Yes. But much like, it would be as if we had like 55 gallon drums and tablespoons and that's well, it. Well, we're, we're just kind of going back to the uh, old school English method of doing money, right? Where you've got right. pounds and shillings and none of the numbers make any fucking sense. Right. Decimalization destroyed finances. The the fun thing to compare this uh, in the entirety of 2022, the total for for all coach buyouts w- was only 177.6 TBUs. So we have <laughs> we have almost hit the total of coach buyouts already, which we probably have because with, somebody else was fired with Andy Avila. Yeah. Yes. Wait a minute. Does this mean we can't fire Neil? Damn it. I. Do you have any money left to fire Neil? I assumed that money wasn't real because it sure seems like it's not. Uh, Arizona thought money wasn't real either. And then like three days ago, they realized that they only had, I think University of Arizona said they have 91 days of liquidity in their university. Oh, no. Yeah, this this came across uh, this last week. University of Arizona apparently had had some bad money management all of a sudden was like oh we're like 250 million dollars short oh yeah i mean that's what happens when money's free for a long time and then it's actually not free anymore damn interesting as a musician the idea of having 91 days of liquidity is a largesse to which i can never aspire (laughs) imagine having 91 days of knowing of like operating expenses insane no idea what that would feel like our good friend craig who is a, a Michigan man through and through made a post earlier today on blue sky that I, I delved into a little more as well. 
he had mentioned that Jimbo Fisher is going to retire with a uh, 45 and 25 record. That gives him about 20 percentage of about 64 percent. Uh, Kevin Sumlin has 67 <laughs> percent. Or a lot less money. You look at this list. I draw, I have it in the in the show notes. You look at this list of Texas A&M coaches by winning percentage and. You realize why they have a chip on their shoulder. Because this whole list is just like the highest ranked coach was someone from 1909 to 1914, Charlie Moran, who's better known for a Wikipedia page for being a catcher and baseball coach. He was also, of course, head coach of the AM baseball team while he was there. I'm going to count the fact that Jimbo is slightly above. Jackie Sherrill in terms of win percentage as yet another one of WV over Pitt. I didn't need this today, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> wow, West Virginia scoring points on Pitt. I I do love how the way Dana X Bible, who was the head coach <laughs> from 1919 to 1928, uh, best thing about that, his middle name, Xenophon. Eternal, God, I want- eternal head coach of Texas A&M for all time. Hail to our glorious so leader. Good. I so badly want that to be Dana Holgerson's like superhero name. And the best part is after that, he went to Nebraska and then coached at Texas for a long ass time too. Hmm. Dana, this Dana was all over the place. Just Roman the plains. So yeah, this of course starts the spinning of the carousel and this is the stupidest, biggest way it could have possibly started spinning. This is the equivalent of, Turning the carousel with a fucking rocket because it's going to cause so much other chaos. I didn't, I, you, if you told me that Boise State had not planned to fire their coach today, but saw and then move and they were just like, well, fuck it. I guess we're going. Andy Avalos is gone at Boise State. They are five and five currently, also thrashed New Mexico yesterday and still mm-hmm. fired their coach on a Sunday. Boise has looked pretty suspect this year. Yeah, Boise's Not five and five. Um, they, I thought they were above five hundred, but apparently I was wrong on the last. Podcast. Would be their first losing season in like nineteen ninety seven. First, Jesus. first, first oh, non winning season. So like, I think they were ninety seven. They were six and six. I, I remember Houston Nutt was their head coach at one point for one year too. That was great. It's always fun to you know shout out Bunky Perkins for bringing that up. But yeah, Boise. Uh, they weren't happy with them last year. They they made the change in offensive coordinators, and then like this year is just not going well for Boise. So they're ready to move on, uh, and and they let him go. Regarding the Jimbo getting fired and starting the coaching carousel, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to cause, as you said, this is going to cause so many different trickle down effects uh, because they're going to go swinging for whoever they want. And they're probably going to have like somebody that's already in a high profile job, or it's going to cause just a lot of, of musical chairs, which is, it's crazy. But I mean, like the A&M thing is like, they do, they got the talent, they got the facilities, they got all this stuff that somehow they just can't put it all together. And I, you know, but here, but here's the thing they never have. No, like in the, in the history of the program. Yeah. They have never put it together. Nope. And that's why they're willing to just 
put whatever on this. They yeah. are like if Virginia Tech had a really stupid amount of money. Yes. Except Virginia Tech has success in the last yeah. 40 years. They also have a spot specifically reserved in their trophy case for the national championship that they do not have. They're going to melt down the Jimbo Fisher national champion plaque, aren't they? It's never going to leave that building, is it? The FCS plaque. The NCAA title one, which, you know, because I, I, I want, I, I want there, I want that, like, I bubbled it. So that's I know bubbled. I want the goddamn plaque. And then I bubbled the Christmas tree for Katie. So Katie was like, you got to bubble the Christmas tree now uh, that he left on the curb when he left Florida State to go to AM. So I promised her that and I bubbled that for her. Uh, not that we get too much into the what ifs on this, but I do have to shout out. Oh, let me find him. This is. I can't find him right now. I'll have to I'll say it later on. Uh, he's someone who covers UTSA that we follow a ton. And his quote on Twitter was, I would be afraid that they're going to go after Jeff Trailer at UTSA because that's the obvious pick. But then again, it's Texas A&M and they're not going to make the smart hire. So I don't have to be worried. Is that is that Jared? It's Jared. Yes. Thank uh, you. J- Jared Kalmus from uh, the uh, Alamo Audible, I believe. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That's, that's so, yeah. He's. Hanging around in my neighborhood. So, uh, not, I mean, like in the general area we live. So, yes, definitely. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. Penn State fired their offensive coordinator. I didn't even know the offensive coordinator's name. Uh, Yurkich. Yeah. I believe sure. Mike Yurkich. Sounds great. Uh, you know, after that, that Michigan game, which uh, they were booing the play calling as the drives were going on, I, I heard. Oh, that sounds uh, familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Imagine I mean, that. that- Pennsylvania doing a lot of booing this year. So. Apparently, loudly enough for my friend who was working concessions to wonder if something terrible had happened. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Beth. He, uh, Mike Yurkich played was QB for uh, the California Vulcans. Oh, hey. So there you go. It's, that would be the California University of Pennsylvania Vulcans. Oh, <laughs> no, it's. Uh, let me tell you. Every time I throw up D three school or D two schools in. Wait, wait, wait. Pennsylvania now. Everyone's like, why is there an Indiana University of Pennsylvania and a California University of Pennsylvania? Hold on. on. Because we said so. So there's the Mm -hmm. you said there's a California University of Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a state school, by the way. That is not a state affiliated school. The the abbreviation of the 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 school is is CUP, right? It's it's called CalU. CalU. Okay, so it's Cal U. It's not like I go to C U P. No, no. <laughs> no. Oh God. They do have a really great script. They have a script a great script word mark. I like it. It's like script cal if, if it were a little looser and funnier. Yeah, I have it on a mug behind my head. Cool. <laughs> my I, sister went there. I'm glad it's called Cal U. I'm just gonna say that. So we, we reached out to our listeners and then asked them if there's anything we really need to talk about before we get into things. Can I talk about the Isthmus Bowl? Ooh. Merry Isthmus. <laughs> so this is a game. That is a D3 bowl game and it is played, but is in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, sponsored by Culver's and is features the top two teams from the Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, the WEAC and the College Conference of Illinois and Wisconsin, the CCIW that did not make the NCAA D3 playoffs. And this year we have the University of Wisconsin Plattsville, the pioneers, also a great robotics school that we've learned. And they finished in a three-way tie with UW Oshkosh and UW, UW River Falls, and they got the bid due to the tie-breaking procedures. 
And then on the other side, it's the Augustina, Augustana College. It's Augustana. Augustana. Shout out to yet another D3 Lutheran school. Of course. And that is in St. Olaf. Fuck St. Olaf. They are the Vikings. They'll be playing on a bowl game on November 18th in the Bank of Sun Prairie Stadium in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Augustana is about three times bigger than Teal, which means it still has less than 3,000 So it's still tiny. Yes. It's still real small. So that's awesome. Yeah. We have our first bowl game coming up in November, like in like a week. Hooray! Super exciting. Hooray! The, the Isthmus Bowl. Merry Isthmus to all. And to all a good all... night. Kamish, <laughs> you had your final game of the season as coach. That's all right. How'd it go? Were you also fired? Um... <laughs> It's murder day. I, I, I feel like we should ask. No, I, I was not fired. Um, so as were, I said last you time. You were retiring of your as, own As I said last time, you know, we were able to get to 500 on the season. So I considered this our bowl game. Mm-hmm. So our bowl game, it was the Sabretooth Tigers versus the Fire Force. Ooh. I was like, I was like, I was like hey. So. Um, I ran the into, most arena league ass names. Right, the fire force. All all arena league teams were named by nine year olds. This is a science fact. Yes. You all know it to be true. Right. So the fire force. I ran into uh, a, a parent who had the kid on the opposite team who I coached in the previous season. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking mm-hmm. before the game. We're like, oh, I don't know. You know, is your team any good? He's like, I don't know. You know, somebody else. There was we, we were just talking like, you know, former coaches and colleagues do, uh, you know, before a big game. And, you know, we're, we're getting to it and his son was ready to play. And I'm like, OK, I already have his scouting notes on his son. So I was ready to go. We got to got to isolate them and and, and definitely uh, try to shut them down. So the first quarter uh, on fire, the fire force was was. Shut down completely. Uh, the Sabretooth Tigers came out for nothing lead after the first quarter, just yeah. blowing them out. Then the Fire Force uh, changed their tactics a little bit. Uh, one one kid for the Fire Force was essentially cherry picking. The the ref for the YMCA was not calling offsides, which is just ridiculous. If there was a Michigan man from the previous game, definitely been upset. Like he's completely there. Mm-hmm. Our goal's wide open, and then they break through, and the kids like right there. <laughs> They wound up getting three goals on us. It's four three after halftime. It was just just barely winning. Uh, then I don't know what happened in the second half, but I was just I I. It's the bowl game, last game of the year. Can't hold anything back now. Halftime uh, adjustments. Got halftime mm-hmm. adjustments. Uh, I changed the lineups. We were down to like eight kids, so I started playing like you know with the lineups here. Started tinkering, and uh, just put it on them in the second half. Blew the fire force away. Uh, won the game nine three. My my son took home MVP awards with five goals, Ooh. Um, including uh, Thierry Henry style spinning kick from midfield, uh, just straight in the in into the pipes, and all the parents were audibly clapping and saying "Wow" uh, from that little six year old pulling that off. So uh, big win. Uh, I wanted to say we won the potato bowl, but um, my, my kiddo, he was the MVP. He said, no, we won the cheese it bowl because he wanted to dump cheese. It's all over my head. There you go. He's got a point. That's right. Um, kid, big fan of Chad Z. We still have no idea where Prince Chedward is. Hey, Coach Commission, is it true that your buyout does not go out? Does not go down during this off season? The, the buyout uh, remains the same. Uh, actually, I okay. believe I just got an extension. 
to potentially coach in the spring in the spring league. Uh, but I could Ooh. be changing leagues depending on this. I could be upgrading to the seven-year-old league. Uh, Ooh, so seven yeah. and eights, this this could be changing some strategy. Uh, I could be essentially moving from G5 to P5. Who knows? Okay. We have college football to discuss. We'll cover <laughs> some of our weeknight games. Miami, Ohio, 19, Akron, zero. The Zips got zippled. The, the most interesting about this is that Alec Bevelheimer, who we've discussed before, who is Miami of Ohio's punter, yeah. was the Mac East Special Teams Player of the Week and also a Ray Guy semifinalist. Yeah. So good for him. I've actually found out that I may have a vote for the Ray Guy Award. Woo! Um, I, I'm trying to verify this because they had me vote uh, in, in like something for the Football Writers Association of America. So I, I voted for just basically linemen, and there should be another huh. ballot coming. So like offensive linemen, linebackers, safeties, and and whatnot. I I don't know if I did it right, but I submitted names uh, <laughs> into a ballot, and there be <laughs> maybe another ballot coming uh, this week for some specialists and and other things. So fingers crossed, I got to vote for the Ray Guy Award. Love it. Also that night was Bowling Green 49, Kent State 19. This one was only interesting because before the game kicked off, someone tweeted out that someone had made a million dollar bet on this game for Kent State plus 10 and a half. Oh, no. I don't think it was real. I, it, it, we, well, there's no way to verify. And and the people are saying like, this is not real, it's fake. The, ma- the maximum that they allow on like college betting is... Like you know, like a hundred and ten thousand on a game or something. I'm like, that's an odd number to do that. They they wouldn't allow somebody to do this, but this was from like Hard Rock Bets. So I mean, associated with the Hard Rock Casino. So I don't, I don't know why why you would take Kent State plus ten and a half. I, I was definitely leaning Bowling Green <laughs> in this game, and and I was probably right uh, because Bowling Green forces turnovers, uh, and they'll also turn it over. Uh, they turned Kent over twice, and they turned it over once. So. Yep, it was a it was a stereotypical Bowling Green game. That's they right. are bowl they are bowl eligible now, so yes. that is wonderful. Two years of Scott Leffler, you're still you're still making this work, Scott Leffler. And then Toledo has clinched the MAC title game berth with their win over Eastern Michigan. Toledo is nine and one and six and zero oh in the MAC, and they're a lot of fucking fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Their only loss still remains that 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 last second comeback for Illinois. Right, uh, yeah. and and a game they I mean they they would probably be ten and zero, and they would be the ones in the driver's seat right now. Mm-hmm. I think the year six bid. On Thursday we had, okay, our our guy in the Discord he always calls it out, like this is feels like a trap game for Louisiana, and it was Southern Miss thirty four, Louisiana thirty one in OT, and the best part was. The game blacked out during overtime. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even see. We did didn't not see even the, see, see the score. But overtime. Th- all we know is the game blacked out, and all of a sudden the Cajuns had a field goal in OT. So we have no idea what the Cajuns did. It blacked out after first down in, in the first OT, and everybody's like, "What happened in the game?" All of a sudden, Southern Miss has the ball, and the Cajuns have a field goal. So I have no idea what went down in Lafayette, uh, <laughs> uh, TV wise. It was ridiculous. Um, Apparently, Southern Miss has uh, the Cajuns' number. That's their 11th straight win against the Cajuns. 
and then it goes back to like the early nineties. Yeah, they. I mean, they weren't always in the same conference, but it, it stretches a long time. The, the the coach for Southern Miss improves to eight and one against all teams from Louisiana, and he's still five and twenty one against teams from any other state. Oh my god! What the <laughs> hell is going on? I have no idea. Okay. Will Hall will beat anybody from Louisiana except Tulane this year. Just he cannot beat teams from any other state. I'm like, do we? I, I don't know. Like, like who plays the most teams in Louisiana that he needs to get a job at? I, I mean, the Sun Belt works out. You play like two. In hey, Louisiana. I, I guess LaTeX doesn't have enough because say, yeah, LaTeX might need a new coach pretty soon. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Louisville 31, Virginia 24. Louisville, made this Virginia made this one really close going it going to the end of this game. Oh yeah! Uh, shout out, shout out to Paris Jones who took a really nasty hit. Like was not moving as they took him off the field. Yeah, he ended up with spinal surgery this weekend and is apparently moving bits and pieces again. So that's good. amazing to hear. Yeah, yeah. I watched a good amount of this game. Um, this is actually weirdly probably the game I watched the most of all weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was really rough to see, especially because it happened on a really exciting play. And so everybody like initially was following the ball and then you come back and it was just not great. So very glad to hear that um, he is on the mend, hopefully. Um, and shout out to the oh, to our man, Anthony Colandrea, who played like this entire game and was doing all of the chaos things, but it was just like his hair was on fire. Yes. A 21 point third quarter, just like, it took it, the lead. oh my God. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, they, oh, yeah. They, like Louisville, Louisville had to come rushing back to save this game. Yeah. And that's exactly what I want on Thursday night. Action. Yeah. Louisville still theoretically in the playoff hunt kind of maybe, but I am not convinced they're not fraudulent. Don't at me. They got to beat Florida state. And I, I don't think that that exists. Good luck. Well, on Friday night, SMU 45, North Texas 21. Thank you, SMU, for giving me a press pass for this. Also, shout out to follower at Capt Kip on Twitter. And one of our tweets, threads, he was like, hey, if you're there, free pizza. I was like, I'll take free pizza. I went up and down. I was at the game, went up and down the boulevard, uh, had tons of free drinks shoved into my hand. Was I even wearing SM, any SMU gear? It was super boot. Well, so there are bougier parts than others. Let's be real honest here. Um, it's along this little cool little like pedestrian. It's not pedestrian boulevard. The cars drive there during the week, but it's a little boulevard. It's really nice. And it's a lot of like very fancy tailgating. It's a little like less fancy as you go further back. People were just handing me drinks. I was just walking up to people being like, hey, I'm just here to say to check things out for SMU. And I got tons of drinks. I was nice and toasty at the time I went to the press box. Got to got to give my fraternity secret handshake. They did not have booze, unfortunately. Oh. Got a bottle of water from them. <laughs> secret handshake uh, for a water. Yeah, not the best. Okay. Uh, but this was this was a ton of fun. This game was a blast to go to and watch because SMU did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They just scored like crazy. At some point, they were like at 20 yards of completion on passing. It was just like everything was just going for bombs. North Texas held it close for the first little bit, and then it got away from them in the second half. That's fine. No one was expecting that to stay close. I had a blast. Thank you, SMU, for hosting. Y'all are great. Good luck in the ACC next year. The fans are so happy to be in the ACC. All the signage, like they have yard signs all over being like SMU, ACC, everywhere on camp, on that main part of the dragnet. 
it's everywhere. There, everyone's like I I posted a couple of those pictures. Yeah, uh, like Pony Access ACC ESS. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was great. Like, I, I love to see uh, stuff of, like that. And and the, our mentions were like, this is ridiculous. They don't even have that many fans there. How could they be ACC? And I'm like, man. It was it was Friday night, and they were all still toasty. Like, yeah. like the 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 scene was amazing for a Friday night game, yeah. and most of them ended up in the stands eventually. It was just like people were drinking and having a great time. It was a beautiful night out too. Like, it was gonna take some time to get in there. I had a blast. North Texas band sounded great. They brought seventeen sousaphones. <laughs> Is that enough? Uh, it, yes. Okay. Yeah. You know what? It was, it was, it was, it was when you, when you tweet anything banned, when you tweet anything banned, I am just like, I, it's, is this good? Is this bad? It was a lot. It was, it was a know. lot for the size of, cause they only brought about half their band cause they don't travel with like, the whole thing. Cause so, the whole Eagle Brigade is like somebody in the replies was like, that's weak. Like UTSA had like 20, the other, and I'm like, what? I, <laughs> this is band dick swinging 17 sousaphones for non-band friends uh that is so many sousaphones that is probably so too many, many sousaphones what's the right amount of sousaphones depends on how big your band is but 17 oh, is a lot more than more than merrier generally <laughs> listen i am proud of north texas for leaning into the pyramid of sound yes and you can't have the pyramid of sound without an adequate base yeah. this is this is a fat fat booty in terms of the pyramid mm-hmm. of sound yeah yes this is this pyramid of sound is all ass yeah oh it's yeah just... literally literally no trouble in this thing it is all about that bass mm-hmm. like is that a 10 year old megan training reference thank you is she still singing she's still a thing she is still a thing do wine moms still like her okay cool <laughs> wait is did you wait Pit at smu is a thing next season yes come visit it is Come on, come visit. Okay. We'll do it. Okay. This will be. Oh, this will be fun. But yes. Anyways, thank you, SMU. Thank you to everyone on the boulevard who was handing me drinks. I had a blast. Love it. At the same time, this game was going on. I, when this game started getting out of hand, on my laptop, I was in the press box. I pulled up UNLV Wyoming, expecting Wyoming to hang with them. Ladies and gentlemen, they did not hang. It was twenty-one-zero at the end of the first quarter. Oh no. And then, and then Wyoming claws back a little bit. Now, Wyoming is super banged up at this point, and UNLV is probably playing their best football of the season at this point, too. So it, it was just, like, not at the same level. This game also kicked off at, like, 9.30 Central. It was a late-ass game. Both games were late on Friday. But, again, it was a lot of fun. UNLV just looked really good. They are – I think they have – but with Fresno State's loss, I think they've got – their they control their own destiny going to the – West title game, maybe? I don't know the math there. Um, yeah, after the Air Force loss, it's going to be a little bit different. Oh, I forgot. Because the whole, man, because the whole Mountain West just like, yeah, and then Fresno like, lost on itself. Fresno lost to San Jose State. Yeah, it, it, the Mountain West has gotten, like, uh, it's it's gotten a little bit of a mess. Like, Air Force Fresno, lost. Fresno didn't just lose to San Jose State. But I mean, Fresno got yeah. obliterated by San Jose State. Air, Air Force only has one loss in the Mountain West, though. Uh, so, I mean, their, their loss to Army doesn't really necessarily hurt them in conference, but it has hurt their pride. Uh, and they may have been found out a bit, especially when they went to the islands <laughs> this weekend. God, that was weird. But let's, let's start with our Saturday. Let's talk about our game of the week, Pitt versus Syracuse. Syracuse 28, Pitt 13. Is Arthur this here? This was. Yeah, Arthur just shut back up. He just winks into existence. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. It's just like, 
I don't. It's hard. I can't figure out how to be on cam and stand up at the same time because gotcha, if I yeah. if I sit down, I'm going right to sleep. Got you. <laughs> the city that so, never sleeps. Arthur's dead tired and Arthur, needs some sleep. That, Arthur, yeah, because I'm not there anymore. I was there and I didn't sleep. Your your view from your view of the field from the front row, also you know, sixty yards away from the sideline. Beautiful. How did you see anything? I mean, I didn't. I'm going to be honest. Like, <laughs> this has not really happened to me before at a college football game. Mm-hmm. Like, I was legit bored at times, like, at this game. I walked every single, like, bit of concourse that you could walk at Yankee Stadium, right? I mean, because, like, you couldn't you couldn't go throughout the whole thing. Like, they didn't even bother opening the upper deck. And, right. I mean, I'd, I've been to a pinstripe bowl before although i was there like in the press box but um there were way less like forget just fans overall like there were a bunch of sections that they didn't even bother selling tickets to like they had tarps over them that i remember they're you know selling for the pinstripe bowl um but yeah like i was just i was bored a lot because you know i I've been to neutral site games before where there are fans from both teams there and there's still somewhat of an atmosphere. Uh, you know, typically these are like postseason or like bowl games, that sort of thing where right, right, right. at like at the very least, one of the teams is going to have some level of excitement to be there. I mean, this is the first time I think I've really seen a game where it's like, yeah, like there's no student sections, right? Like, Syracuse didn't bring one. Pitt didn't bring one. Um, you know, this was, I think, technically, uh, Syracuse was credited as the home team. So yes. they brought their band, but like Pitt didn't bring their band. And just, I mean, it just, I don't know. It just, it's like the deadest I've ever been at a football, a college football game before, right? Like, usually you can count on, like, okay, like, even if the overall crowd isn't great, you still have the student section and the band that is there and yeah it's like we didn't even have that so i don't know i'm also not sure if i'm just being a hater but i wasn't like super impressed with the yankee stadium um just like as a fan being there this is my first time ever as a fan there and i'm not really a baseball person at all but i just didn't think it was that good i guess uh so i think that you know, if they try to do this again, I would probably jump at the opportunity to once again go to New York and see this game again. Yeah. Nothing to do with the game on the field. Like, it's just, okay, like, this is a cool vacation. This is a cool place that we want to go. And, you know, the game was probably the worst part of my weekend. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's cool that you could have a game that bad and have everything around it make up for it that is the eat at arby's report of this game thank you arthur i wonder if this would be better if it was a season opener like the like chick-fil-a game but not if that would be better in terms of vibe not when not when both teams are like limping into this in week 11 yeah 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 but but then the yankees would still be playing and it's just Yankee Stadium in general is just not like there are some baseball stadiums where when they do football, 
the field is oriented along one of the baselines, either the first baseline or the third baseline. And there you can get away with it where like one of the baselines is going to have good seats and you can, you know, maybe you don't sell the whole stadium, but you can at least sell that baseline. Like Yankee Stadium, man, I I don't know what the best seat in the house was because like like I said, I was in like the front row in the section I was at and it was not a good seat. And uh, yeah, there's just nowhere where you're 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 either really far from the field or at a really weird angle and maybe both. So, Arthur, you've been to a pinstripe bowl. Yes. Pit girl's been to a pinstripe. Yes, the same one. I've been to a pinstripe bowl, a different one. It's just not a good football venue. It just isn't. However, I'm now curious as to whether or not we can talk Pitt into hosting a game at PNC. Hmm. We could put a football field in the weird, like, notch over by uh, the bullpens. That would be funny because of how close it is to uh, a real football field like honestly John, i think you know, to Ackershire, i think a lot of this across the parking lot is that like as much as you know people like we kind of kind of joke about new york city from a college football perspective because like let's face it it's not like like when the when the college game day went to new york city it was like okay like we get like what you're trying to do here but like there's a big draw just to being in new york city for sure and so there isn't, at least right now, any sort of uh, suitable uh, college or, or football field in like actual New York City that would accommodate like an, a bowl game or a, a neutral site power five game. Like you're not going to play it at, uh, I don't know, like uh, Columbia Columbia's is too small. Fordham's is too small. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, if if you're looking at like actual like fe- like sporting venues that are the right shape for football, you're looking at like stuff that's in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and maybe that changes. Right, like I don't know if because I I know there's a MLS team that's trying to build uh a, a, their own stadium that's actually in New York for so i i don't know maybe when that happens there is like actually a venue where you can both be in new york and be in a venue that's the right shape but right now yankee stadium is the compromise you know and as someone you know the a pit as a fan base like we're very much used to wanting to go to new york to play big games right because mm-hmm. you know all my all the whole time growing up that was kind of what i was trained to think about in basketball and you know, people want to go to New York City and, you know, this is we're going to keep wanting to go to New York City regardless of the the, the venue. I think maybe we're thinking about this the wrong way, which is why I have decided to propose that the next time that Pitt and Syracuse meet, they go to Long Island and they play in the infield of Belmont Park. Done. Perfect. Done. So you can still run races. There's no problem. <laughs> Just play, play it on the beach at Montauk. Let's all, let's all go out to Montauk and go play on the beach. Uh, I did throw in the chat. I did not know what direction the soccer team in NYCFC plays. So I threw that in the chat as well. So you can see that direction and then the direction they played the football game in. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like, like, I don't know the dimensions well enough to know that if it would work the other way. But it definitely looks like that soccer layout, which is not great still. It's better. It's better. 
There are at least some seats where you can see things. It also looks as though Yankee Stadium doesn't conform to traditional geometry as I understand it. No. Like it just sort of stretches in whatever configuration you want. Whatever, however it's configured, it is the wrong way. Yankee Stadium, breaking geometry. The interesting thing about this game was that Syracuse, like Syracuse's tight end yeah. was their, was their hot, biggest rusher. Yeah. And, and, Dan and, Valari, leading, yeah. and a passer. Yeah. Dan, was... Dan Valari. He went three for five <laughs> passing for 12 yards. Um, he, he ran 17 times for 154 yards. The quarterback Garrett Schrader completed one pass. The starting for two, baby. One one of two threw a five yard touchdown pass on the opening drive. Um, he he Garrett Schrader was also the leading receiver in the game with one catch for six yards. Syracuse ran for three hundred and eighty two yards on sixty six rushes. I am so tired and so sad. I had a really rough day yesterday and missed most of this game and got home and turned it on in the fourth quarter and was just like, why? Why is Pitt? I hope that things get better for you all. The line opened against BC at Pitt minus one and a half, so there is evidently still some hope somewhere. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the people that set that aren't necessarily watching every game. I mean, they're... They're not necessarily trying to be right. They're just trying to be what people will follow. Because I, I was, I, we were talking, right, because of how much the lines have struggled to actually adjust to, like, what Iowa is actually doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's a certain there's a certain point where it's hard for the lines to keep up with what a team is doing. Right. Because, like, they're kind of counting on people not being super informed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Pitt was actually favored by four and a half in this game. Yeah, I mean, they were leading at halftime. Halftime 13-7, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it seems like this team, the offense in particular, just they'll, they have these like points that they get to in a game where they just completely melt down. Yeah. And the defense, it seems like they kind of play well, but... Every time the offense melts down, it's enough of a gut punch that they just kind of also fold, right? Like after you've kind of held the line all game and then your offense goes and gives up a pick six, like then all the momentum leaves the sails and they just completely collapse. I mean, which is what we saw against Notre Dame. It's what we've seen a number of games this year from Pitt. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, you do to fix it because like there's just so many issues that the team has, but it's in the, it's in the walls. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My stat that I have for this game is that uh, this week, Bo Nix had six passes that went for more yards than Syracuse had all game. So Bo Nix had passes, had six passes over 17 yards. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. Let's, let's, Iowa let's, 22, Rutgers 0. Let's get, this let's get the over under was 28.5. It dropped to 27.5. Uh, 
I thought, okay, we're going to talk about how many times I was wrong last podcast. Oh, God, you, you, yeah, uh, I, I, I was, if I recall correctly, you thought I Rutgers was, was going winning. to win this game. I thought Rutgers was going to win this one. You, you thought Rutgers was going to win, and in the notes you put, I think Rutgers can score. And they yes. did not score. <laughs> it was it was six zero going into the fourth quarter. It was six zero, and then Iowa opened up the offense. It oh, scored yeah. sixteen in the fourth quarter. I I don't even know if that's legal. It was it was crazy to watch Iowa just wake up and be like, "Fine, fuck it, we'll score something." I guess still couldn't hit twenty five. Still hit the under. I like the idea of Iowa just looking at us and being like, you understand we can do this anytime we want. You're choosing. And then just this stopping. This is a choice. Iowa is a cat. <laughs> this, is, this is tantric football. They can choose when to stop. <laughs> the the Iowa cat eyes. So that's it. That's just ridiculous. Just pushing just like, the whatever. glass off the ledge very, very slowly. Very, very slowly. And, and, oh, those, they knocked and those children in the hospital have to watch this. They watched... Six points in through three quarters. I mean, they're probably watching Bluey too. You know, that's all right. Uh, God, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Whatever. Rutgers is bowl eligible. I was eight and two. It still has the inside track to the fucking Big, Big Ten, Ten title game. That's right. I mean, it should be fun. That game's going to be so stupid. Speaking. Someone's going to eat them. What? Look, look, if they make it there, I am going to root for the hilariousness. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Guaranteed. They make it there. There are potential Iowa-Michigan outcomes that are actually very funny. Just quicksand it? Yeah. Yeah. Iowa becomes Verdun. Oops, all Iowa. Oops, Uh all Iowa. Iowa Iowa becomes becomes the opening volleys of World War I, and it just turns into... Nine six. It's that fucking game again. We're Alabama LSU again. And the war dads are just over there to being like, yep, 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 as they like build a trench at the fifty yard line. Trench trench warfare. They could build it like you know that on the Lucas Oil Stadium turf that that broke that broke apart that one time. They can build trenches inside the carpet there. Now. Now, Pick Girl, I'm going to have to explain this next one to you carefully. Yeah. Illinois 48, Indiana 45 in overtime. What? Yeah. This <laughs> game just fucking went. Oh in the, the team mm-hmm. combined for 37 points in the second quarter. What? <laughs> yes. I didn't was, know the Big Ten could ins- do this. This was one I, of the I ones where know. I looked at the over-under and it was in the 40s and we were all like, no. <laughs> Both yep, teams went over. Right. Both teams went over. <laughs> and this, like, this was just banger after banger after banger. Mm-hmm. Indiana almost won this thing. Yeah. Uh, I uh, mean, they came, they came storming back. They looked dead. They did. I mean, this game had two spots on the Octo box. A weird thing I unveiled this week. Yes, I saw your Octo box. <laughs> the Octo box. I didn't. I didn't know what happened in this game. I, I you know, I saw Indiana go up like twenty-seven, twelve, in the mid-second quarter. I was like, "What the hell?" And then all of a sudden, Illinois comes back. It's twenty-seven, twenty-six. Uh, at halftime, they're down by one. Illinois takes the lead back. It's thirty-nine, twenty-seven. Uh, and he's like, "Okay, I guess Indiana's done." And Indiana was like, "No, we're not done yet." Uh, <laughs> and then they wind up getting a touchdown with twenty-eight seconds left. Then they get the two. It's forty-two, forty-two. Then the OT, you know, Indiana had to settle for a field goal. And, you know, 
uh, Illinois walks Ill- it off. It just Illinois passed for 500 fucking yards in this game, 507 guys. 507 yards. It mm-hmm. ended up with 662 yards. Brett was like just I was levitating. This uh, was this was insane. I, I, I don't know what happened here, but it just God bless, I mean, guys. The Big Ten had so much excitement for us this weekend, which is why I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh now. Okay. Later. We, we, we'll no, later. The, we'll get the Harbaugh we'll get in a there. We'll bit. get there. But I just want to say the Illinois quarterback is a Ball State transfer. Uh, that and he is. So, yeah, he transferred from the Mac and brought a little uh, Maction into this game. My God, what a great game. It was It was beautiful. Illinois, one, one, one went away. One went away from bowl eligibility. In that log jam of the Big Ten West, <laughs> where everybody is, besides Iowa, everybody's three and four in conference and five and five overall, except Iowa and Purdue. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, we'll we'll get to Purdue in a second. You know what? Fuck it. I'm moving it up on the. I'm moving we'll, it up. Move here, that shit Because I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> okay, okay, pick girl. How about Minnesota thirty, Purdue forty nine? What? This is a game that I thought this was so going to be under points. 20 Where and a the half. fuck are all of these points coming from? Did they like store up the points from the rest of the season and they're just like allocating them out now like the points bag exploded? <laughs> so so the Big Ten really is like World War One, And like World War One, they were shooting off their ammunition at, at an unsustainable hmm. rate at some point. And so they've been rationing through the entire season. Uh, season but now they finally have caught the means of production which is i think important okay okay i think i get it Purdue 600 yards of offense for purdue this 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 was the game that you thought again jordan jordan being uh, horribly (laughs) incorrect (laughs) he thought all wrong (laughs) just all wrong um yeah uh, uh purdue had 353 yards rushing i don't i i have no fucking clue okay hudson card my texas man at Purdue now, woke up and decided to play. Like, this is, again, just an insane amount of points in a game in West Lafayette. Like, how many plays that how many hates turn, points? How many turnovers do you think this game had? I know the answer, so I'm not going to say anything. Either yeah, for 49, 30 9 game. or 0. For 30, if 49 30 game. 9. That's what you think. 3. Okay. Uh, Picker was correct. It was zero, essentially nine oh, or zero. So zero. He was just like, it's yeah, nobody turned the ball over. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was it was such. I mean, there was a couple missed field goals, but that, that's about it, man. It's incredible. I did not think Minnesota would. I thought Minnesota's defense was better, but I mean, Purdue launched a rushing attack out of nowhere. <laughs> okay, got another one for you, Pick Girl. How about Northwestern 24, Wisconsin 10 in Madison? Oh, Wisconsin, you are down bad. You've got a wasting disease, Wisconsin. Mm. Mm. Have you tried eating oranges? Like, it, it might just be scurvy that's making your Northwestern's teeth Northwestern's one game away from being bowl eligible. Skip. Cheese is a lime, if you believe enough. Skip Holtz, baby. I'm giving Skip this all the it. credit. This is the, the magic of Skip Holtz. The magic of Skip Holtz. He's, he's got As it. Assistant right. to the head coach. I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Northwestern for, for a shit win. Woo! They, they, they scored 24, they, they scored 24 in the first half, and they didn't do shit in the second half. Shit win, Northwestern. The, the second half interval tracker. No points in the second half. Shit win for Northwestern. One 
win away from bowl eligibility. And pick girl, one more Big Ten score for you. Maryland 13, Nebraska 10. Okay, that feels right. Right. That feels okay. better. That one's fine. Uh, from Amy Just, who is a AP, she's an AP voter, isn't she? AP voter, and she's a reporter <laughs> on like all Nebraska athletics. Uh, she had a time down in uh, New Orleans with the Saints and all that stuff, too. So uh, She let us know that uh, Nebraska football leads the FBS in two of the three offensive turnover categories. Most turtle turnovers, 27. Next closest is two teams with 23. And most fumbles lost, 13. And 14 interceptions are tied for 11th worst. Oof. This is great. Yeah, uh, N- Nebraska had a horrible day. They had three quarterbacks play for Nebraska, and each and? one of them, each one of them threw an interception. That's amazing. That's sharing amazing. is important. Can the, we do the, like a combined Detmer ranking for them for this game? Uh, there was no, no touchdowns, oh so it's not going to be good. Oh no. <laughs> no, no touchdowns. Um, so Jeff Sims, the starting QB. Basically, he had one fumble lost, and he threw two interceptions. Chuba, or is it, uh, uh, sorry, it's like Chuba, Chuba Purdy, Chuba Purdy, not Chuba, Chuba Purdy, sophomore, uh, he he threw three passes, he threw one interception, and then Heinrich Harburg uh, threw five passes, uh, one interception. So, yeah, um, Nebraska, if you stop turning the ball over, it'd be fine. Like, somebody in our mentions, uh, I mean, Maryland turned the ball over three times also. Uh, Nebraska turned it over five times. So, yeah, yeah um, somebody we got asked to stop tweeting about Nebraska. They're just like, I can't, they're like, I can't take you tweeting about Nebraska anymore. I was like, you understand that it. we have like Nebraska fans in the committee mm-hmm. and, and we've had Nebraska fans. We have a corn correspondent on our podcast. We're, we're rooting for you. We we are rooting for you. We I want you to be ball eligible. I want you to go to the ball. I want to bevel the end. Please let me bevel the end. Cornhuskers, please. So are they are they beating Wisconsin on the road or Iowa at home? Wisconsin. Wisconsin's I, bad, bad. I again I don't know. I want them to get one win. Get it against Wisconsin on the road. I want to bevel the end. Please, Nebraska, let me bevel the end. Congratulations to Bull Eligible Maryland. Yes. Congratulations to Bull Eligible. The Terps, Maryland. they did it. They did it. The Terps. They survived September, Maryland, and they got to November, and Nebraska was uh, a little bit too nice with the football. Sam Houston, 42, Louisiana Tech, 27. Two in a row, baby. Two in a row for the Bearcats. Two in a row, and their first Conference USA win, and their first FBS win for the year, and they shared this honor the same day as another set of Bearcats that got their first new conference win as well. (laughs) Congratulations, Cincinnati. Congratulations to both Bearcats. Bearcats with a K and Bearcats with a C. Uh, Louisiana Tech is down real bad. There was a report that Sonny Cumbie, like, that's now banning report certain reporters from practice. Oh, no. And like he, he took he ripped credentials away from somebody in front yeah, of the it team. It is it is melting down. I, like that's come report. over here and tell our offensive line about the awful things you or obviously the awful things you write about them. This is definitely a sign that your things are going well around your program. Yeah, Louisiana Tech is, is now three and eight. They had four turnovers in this game. Uh Sam Houston had none. And I mean LaTeX had 501 yards of total offense, but the turnovers were just killer. Uh, Sam Houston did enough. They they got enough points to, to put him away. 
and, and and it wasn't close. Like they didn't get close at the end. They had a comfortable win. Yeah, that was that was the amazing part. Yes, a comfortable win on the road for the Bearcats. Good if job, you're Tom a, Houston. If you're a Bearcat with a C or a Bearcat with a K, you're happy, and you're just feeling full of warmth and yes. happiness. You should join our Patreon. Throw five dollars at us, so we'll talk about your teams more. Yes, that's how this works, apparently. Yes, it does. Five dollars gets you access to our Discord, where you can chat about chat about chat with us during the week about rankings, about your pets, about literally whatever. Just don't drag message board shit in there. We don't need crazy message board shit. You get to see all the inner workings about what we do. You also get to see our our paywall Substack posts as well, and Commission's Corner, our special podcast where Commission talks about. Whatever seems to tickle his mind at the time. Yeah, I have one coming up that I'm going to be doing a recording for. It's it's one of a historical sickos game. Uh, one of our, our Patreons um, actually broke down. We found video of it. It's a game from 1983. I'm just going to leave it at that. You may know what it is if you're already in the Discord, but I won't tell you what it is uh, if you don't know. But uh, it's it, we got play-by-play of the entire game from 1983, it's a rivalry game that's going to be played on Black Friday, so I'm going to try to time it up and get it out with that, uh, along with some other things. So it's just going to be – I'm I'm really excited for this one because uh, this is this is probably one of the most sickos games of all time. There you go. Also check out our store at sickoscommittee.org. We have some new – do you sickos need a three here basketball merch if you are in basketball mode? Right. Shout out to the Message Board Geniuses podcast. They are working overtime right now because oh yeah, once the Texas act the text because Tex Ags broke the Jimbo <laughs> Fisher news. Yeah, I and mean, so that place has become an absolute cesspool now. Yeah, you don't need to post more so than it already you was. Don't, you don't need to post the Message Board stuff into our Discord. Just listen to the Message Board Geniuses podcast, follow their Twitter account, and enjoy all the fun stuff that you see there. We have a YouTube, follow it. We've got a Substack. Definitely check that out as well for our sicko synopsis. And as always, if you love comfy, comfy apparel and need something for Christmas, why don't you check out Homefield Apparel? Homefield Apparel has all of your favorite licensed merchandise from the biggest schools and the smallest schools. Things from Colorado School of Mines, who is the number one seed in the D2 playoffs right now. And look like they'll be making a return trip to McKinney. I hope so. To Slippery Rock, another another school in the D2 playoffs. Yeah. They have all sorts of stuff. Tonight, I am wearing my Rice Owl Band shirt, oh. which I love. I see an Auburn Peacock hoodie. Yeah. I see, Absolutely. I see a Split Zone Duo shirt as well. So we are all, a lot of us are. I don't know what you're wearing. I am falling down on the job. I am wearing a 2022 Panther Pit t-shirt that I got for free when I went to the Syracuse basketball game this spring. Oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Hard to beat free. So if you need something like that for loved ones, put your orders in now. Use offer code yes, ha 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 yes. That's three ha's for fifteen percent off your first order. And as always, we have our sickos shirt showdown. Our sickos shirt collection is twenty five percent off using offer code committee. No matter if you've ordered for them before or not, I'm going to do a quick check to see what's less left in that. Uh, what's left in our thing? Because when those shirts go, they're gone. Yeah. Currently, still we still up. We have thirteen. The, we have thirteen shirts, including the Pride of Wildcat Land, uh, Kansas State band oh. shirt, which I love. The There's No Place Like Nebraska shirt, which is great. The Illinois Rose Bowl shirt, which is one of my favorites. The Fight for Iowa crew neck. We got we got Sicko's uh, 
Bronco for Boise State. Oh, yeah. We have Huffy. Huh, I call him Huffy. Huffy Bison for Marshall. He looks just annoyed by things. And then this last week, we had Script Panthers for Pitt and Otto the Orange looking like he's giving someone the finger, which I love. If you need gifts, these shirts or anything else, these schools or anything else, check out Humphill Apparel. They're great. We love them. Softest shirts in the world. And I'm wearing two-lane joggers right now, too. So I'm really cozy and happy. Back to some games. Things that are going to go a little... We have a little less to say because these weren't quite as insane. Utah State 41, Nevada 24. Utah State is looking way good. Nevada is not... This was on cages yet again, which gonna miss you cages virginia tech 48 boston college 22 i think this is why the line opened at pit minus one and a half yeah uh, boston college had some momentum and then virginia tech just went to chestnut hill and decided no this was insane you said you said virginia tech seems like a kamikaze plane that you cannot predict what's what's it gonna do yeah they they threw up 35 unanswered in the in the first through third quarter and it was just it it was just a a downright obliteration Uh, bc started this game horribly their their first play was an interception and it was just it was uh you know they held them to a field goal they took the lead seven three and then that was it like the Hokies just went, just went insane. Uh, Virginia Tech five and five, one went away from bowl eligibility. God, that's nice. Also, I would never have expected that. What ten weeks ago? No. USF twenty seven, Temple twenty three. Temple almost pulled this out a thirteen point fourth quarter, and they almost won at South Florida. Yeah, that was way closer than I thought it was going to be. South Florida was dominating uh, for a bit. And you know, I, I Temple just turned it on. They started rolling in the in the second quarter. They were down seventeen nothing, and then they just started rolling. Um, they got close, and they got within four. And there was like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but, but the Bulls were able to hang on. South Florida five and five, one win away from a bowl game. Uh, by the way, South Florida has equaled uh, the win total from their previous head coach. In just this one year. Yep. <laughs> hey, y'all. New Mexico State's going to the Conference USA title game. Woohoo! The, that game is already set. It will be at New Mexico State. And New Mexico State is eight and three, six and one in Conference USA. They, they ran all over Western Kentucky. Like, this is. I, if Jerry Kill. Like, I have no clue how Jerry Kill has done all this, but he has turned that thing around so quickly. And I think that he is not getting the credit he deserves for this. Because this, I mean, we all know New Mexico State has been a in a bad way for a long-ass time. Like, it's whole history, long-ass time. And being in a conference title game... That's insane. Oh, I mean, it's just great that they got in the conference and then the first year in the conference and then the conference title game. Just stats for me personally, uh, since I went to uh, New Mexico, uh, yeah. Las Cruces, uh, last year they were five and one. This year they're eight and three. <laughs> you see, you can't go back anymore. So there's, there's, 
they're 13 and four since since I my presence w- was there in Las Cruces in Aggie Memorial Stadium. So I'm not taking any credit and for it. It's all the players. It's all them. But it's just a weird coincidence. When we when we dissect this season and do the autopsy, I I am going to want to talk about that UMass game week one again, week zero again, because that game makes so little sense now. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know how to get no, to that. It, it makes a lot of sense to me because I I've, I realized like what happened uh, personally. Oh, because because Diego was like pushing it. No, hard. it was just they feel like they, you know. They were like, hey, we're just, this game isn't going to be given to us. There's no way that we're going to lose to UMass. UMass is not great. And UMass was ready. They had the whole offseason to prepare, and they came up with a great game plan. And, you know, they just weren't ready to roll uh, that game. And, and you can get caught off guard in week zero. And they did. But they've corrected that. And, I mean, 8-3 and three for the Aggies, amazing. Uh, Western Kentucky, I don't know what happens, but they seem to score a lot of points in the first half, and then the second half they don't they don't do well. They don't do well in the second half. They're one win away from a bowl game. Hopefully, Western Kentucky can make a bowl. Mitsu forty, FIU six. This was just an absolute beatdown. Auburn forty eight, Arkansas ten. Sure. Did not expect this. Yeah, I didn't expect this either. Bowl eligible Auburn. Ugh. And the Ar- interesting thing about this, got Arkansas's got brain weevils. Like it's not good. It's no. not good. Um the uh, interesting thing about this was that we believe that Arkansas at halftime was watching the Polar Express. Cool. The film? It's yeah. like a Snapchat video which we can't verify, but they, apparently they were watching the Polar Express at halftime. When they were down twenty seven three at halftime, and then I mean, what? Are you, how are you going to adjust for that? And then, like, and then they gave up twenty one points in the in the third quarter, so it didn't really help. Maybe they didn't get to finish the movie, and they were just wanting to know how it ended. Wanted to get back in time to how, get watch wanted to know again. how it end. I mean, running those clock, those, clock. those creepy eyes in the Polar Express probably threw them for a loop too. That was, that was, that was <laughs> Cal forty two Wazoo thirty nine. This game got so weird. The sun starts going down at Cal, and then just like this game gets bonkers. Dude. This is on ESPN two, by the way. People watched this. Yeah, I watched Dude. some of this game. The only thing I really fun. saw was this one, and I think everybody on the account tweeted our own version of it. But yeah. Wazoo was trying to do the the tush push, uh, the the brotherly shove for a first down, and it's like fourth and one on on Cal's side of the field. So they're doing this, and all of a sudden, the ball squirts out, <laughs> and the cow the other the way. other way it goes. It goes, it goes the exact opposite, opposite way. direction you think it should That's, go. Yeah, it, it squirts out, and Cal picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. <laughs> so, uh, yes, the tush push resulted in the squirt uh, backwards for a touchdown. That now I saw that play, and then I'm like, you know, Cal's up uh, relatively. I, I was like, yes. okay, I think they they have this one. It's forty two thirty two, and then all of a sudden, no, it's forty two thirty nine. Wazoo missed a field goal to tie it. Uh, they threw an interception on their very last drive. They just could not get it done. Both teams now four and six. It, as soon as the sun started to go down, this got a little bit crazier. Yep. I feel like this entire game would have been nuts if it started 
like at night instead of like 3 p.m. Oh, if it, if it had been a night game, this would have been just uh, yeah. yeah, just off, off the rails immediately. Cincinnati 24, Houston 14. Since he gets their first Big 12 win. Yay, since this was uh, this was also a bit chaotic as hell. Houston, oh my god, there was again. Didn't you wasn't Houston the one that was like we fire people for winning only nine games mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Whatever. Hey Dana, just go someplace else. Dana, Texas A and M. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> they get along fine. The- someone said that someone said that Jim Harbaugh should go to A and M and that'd be a weird culture fit. Nah, man. Like one dude wearing khakis, yelling weird things. Most a bunch of other dudes wearing like pleated mm. pants, wearing weird things. Like this is just a match made in heaven. I don't think the weirdness we're finally on Harbaugh. Say it again. I don't think the weirdness is a line. No, I I think Jim Harbaugh weird and Texas A and M weird are two different kinds of weird. I think they like annihilate if you try and touch them together. I'm just imagining you miss Rev and pleats. Ooh. I mean, hey, look, the, the core cadets do wear khakis a lot. So, yes. I mean, Harbaugh could fit there. And, I mean, we could get to this Michigan talk that Beth wants to get into. Yes, I would very much like to get into this Michigan talk. I mean, you're very fascinated by the refurbished vacuums, right? Um, as all things. That's right. What brand? As part of the, as part of the, what the hell happened at the Mountain West night, <laughs> Colorado State 22, San Diego State 19. Colorado State had a 22 to 3 lead. <laughs> And almost fucking blew. Almost it. San Diego State, we, we gotta just like it, it's it's over for Brady it's Hoke. Like like let's three and three and seven. And not a not a fun. Three no, and not seven. at all. And none of these games are they fun? No, it is a slog. It is. Is there been like any game that they've won like relaxing wise for San? Diego? Let me look at San Diego State schedule. They they beat Ohio in that horrible week zero game. Uh, that was all. No, nope, that was all. Twenty awful. to thirteen, um, they struggled with Idaho State, thirty six twenty eight. Their easiest win was forty one thirty four over Hawaii, and they got shut out six yep. nothing against Nevada. Yeah, so this this has to go. This is this this has to be done. You have a beautiful new stadium, and then you're putting this in it. Stop that. Stop that. LSU 52, Florida 35. Jaden Daniels is insane. He's grown up so much since like slinging the ball for Herm Edwards out at Arizona State <laughs> so badly, looking so panicked all the goddamn time. He was through for 300, rushed for 200, some insane number like yeah. that. And just, it was all over it, this it was, game. It was nuts. It was, I, I felt bad for the LSU defense. Because, like, Jaden Daniels would score a touchdown, like an 85-yard run in, like, one play. And the LSU defense just had no chance to catch their breath. Mm-hmm. It's just like he scored so fast. That's, that's like, the only reason just... Florida had 35. It's not because this game was ever close. Oh, it was close. It's Florida because... had a lead. Florida had a lead, and, and once, Billy Napier was once, excited. Once they got – once LSU put the, the, the gas down, it was never in question. It was just – like LSU's defense was winded. They were doing wind sprint. Like it was, oh yeah. It was nuts. Jaden Daniels is the man. If if I had a Heisman vote, it goes to Jaden Daniels. I don't know. However, I don't have a Heisman vote. seven and three. Well, not yet. Oh, I, I'll, the Sickos committee voting for Heisman. 
Nothing. I'm just glad that Jaden Daniels was able to find the stabilizing, calming influence that he needed in Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Many people have said, I've gone to Baton Rouge and my life got better. Uh-huh. That's a statement that people say. I went to I went to Louisiana and things got more interesting. Yeah, that's how I got my life back together. I went to Louisiana. The divorce dad credo. <laughs> I left Tempe. Tempe to Baton Rouge is like in retrospect is such a straight line. It's, 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 like that is it's, it's right on I ten essentially. It's right on I ten. Uh, but oh, I meant, went I for meant a, emotionally a straight you went, line. You yes. went from a dry heat to a muggy heat. <laughs> like no humidity to all the humidity. Jaden Daniels needs to stay moist. Apparently. <laughs> humidity. Noted yeah, amphibian, Jaden. <laughs> that was the problem. That was the problem. At Arizona State. They weren't. They weren't spritzing him enough. Herm wasn't out there spritzing him. Jaden oh, Daniels man. out here like moisturize me. <laughs> Iowa State forty-five, BYU thirteen. Iowa State, you just dropped the hammer on BYU at a late-ass time. This is 9.15 Central. And, like, no one saw this. It was on ESPN, but no one watched this game because everyone was watching uh, uh, Cal, uh, uh, watching Oregon and USC at the same time. But this was just, like, a brutal beating. Good God. Uh, a bowl-eligible Iowa State. Clemson 42, Georgia Tech 21. Yep, I fucked this one up as well. I, I thought this was going to be Clemson. I thought this was Georgia Tech's to win. And Georgia Tech stroke first, and then just nada. Just it died. Clemson I, looked like Clemson again. I blame myself for all of these bad predictions. <laughs> See, if you were here, I wouldn't have done this. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Look what you made me do, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Dabo showed up in camo. Oh, yeah. He, he looked like he'd just come out of, like, the most cowboy church prayer group I've ever seen. And it was... Oh, just I didn't know Dabo was going to be in camo. That's just not... I, I had no idea. And then you, you kind of... Y'all, like, forced me into a prediction in this game. And it was not accurate because I, I wasn't feeling it. So uh, yeah. don't Sorry. let me do that anymore, right? Okay. When when Commissioner Damas is ready, he, he will make more predictions. Texas Tech 16, Kansas 13. Kansas's QB, Kansas was down to like their third QB. Even the main beam machine wasn't there. Uh, Tech, Tech wins on a walk-off field goal. This is just, okay. You know what, Kansas? I, like, mean, I mean, it's Kansas. It um, you know, Texas Tech now one one win away from bowl eligibility. Kansas scored all their points in the fourth quarter. And they tied the game up. And then they just give up the, the lead at the very last second. Uh, fantastic catch by Texas Tech. Just um, amazing. Tulane 24, Tulsa 22. Tulane, you gotta stop doing this for my sanity, for Commission's sanity, for your fans' sanity. Can't stop, won't stop, bro, wave! We're reaching a singularity here, guys. The last three games, they have won by two points, three points, and two points. This is... And, and okay, they're at FAU next week, and FAU is banged up fine. But they're versus UTSA, the last game of the season. You cannot do that with UTSA, oh, y'all. The degree of finding out is going to be immense. So, so much finding out. So it's an early morning game. 
uh, in FAU. All I know is that like Tulane's offense is incredibly banged up. They they were down their starting three wide receivers for this game. Um, yes, they were. And then like you know they're they could take these leads and then like they just hang on at the end. Like Tulsa had a two point conversion to tie it, and they stopped it. I don't know if like their offense is just like a mash unit at this point. Their defense it is kind of like keeping it. them alive, and they're just basically they remind me of uh, something I used to do, you know, with with NCAA football. Like I would just have to do just enough to win games on like Heisman level. Like I would just yep. squeak out like two point wins just to get to the next game, and and and, and hopefully my injured players would come back or like I was, I would get a little bit easier game uh, on the road at FAU is, is no matter what the record is, is going to be tough for Tulane. Uh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, hopefully they can get some of their starters back because I mean, if you're down your top three wide receivers, they basically, all they have is their quarterback and their running back and their offensive line is banged up. So it's just like, they are just, gutting everything out right now and you just hope that they get healthy but Tulane is 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 nine and one after going like 12 and two and then the year before that they were like two and ten so Mm -hmm. I mean winning these by the skin of their teeth it still counts I I don't care what happens to the CFP or whatever for them just just find find a way to win I don't know like it's just like they're not it's Tulane. You're not going to have depth. You just yep. don't. Arizona 34, Colorado 31. Everyone called this one, and it played out just like people thought it would. Arizona's good. Walk-off winner. Colorado can't protect their quarterback. The walk-off winner for Jed Fish's Wildcats. 7-3 uh, Jed Fish. Um, at altitude. At altitude. Colorado, again, they're down to 4-6. and six. They lose one more. They're not making a bowl game. Uh, but, but, but you know what? I'm still going to say it way better team than they were last yeah, year. They only won mm-hmm. one game last year. So progress is incremental. Yeah, no, is. The, the know- hype cycle swung way too far in the other direction after, at the beginning of this season, because we didn't know TCU was bad yet, but like yeah. Colorado's doing pretty well, actually. If you, if you didn't have big noon Saturday, just follow them for like the first four weeks of the season. It's just like they're chasing ratings, and then like everybody dropped Colorado. I'm done with you now. You're you're below five hundred. Yeah, you're yeah. not new. It's, you're not the new toy anymore. Why? I don't love yeah. you anymore. And it, it sucks because they're still fun, to, they're fun watch. to watch. This game was this game was game incredibly was great. fun to watch. It was, it was fantastic. It was amazing. All ten people that watched on the Pac-12 network really enjoyed it. Was it was good. Um, I shout out to Fox for posting clips with no sound uh, of this oh, yeah, because I mean I, I got a lot of highlights from this game. Which so Fox is kind of like semi still involved, uh, but yeah, it was just it was a great game, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then yeah. the Wildcats walk off winner, walk off home run, field goal. You know who didn't have a great game? Wake Forest. Okay. Wake Forest six, NC State twenty six on the CW. Only on the CW. Once once we knew it was on the CW, we knew NC State was going to okay. win it. It was just an absolute guarantee. NC State wins this easily. I mean, guaranteed. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, just, I, how did NC State score? Oh, yeah, they got a pick two 
<laughs> yep, it was a pick two. Like, it was five, five in the fourth quarter. It was a pick two. I was like, yep. Wait, there's a five out of here. Yeah, with the Colorado State game, they were up like five nothing on San Diego State because they got a safety. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was it was five zero in the first quarter and went into half fifteen. Yeah, that was a weird one. So. Memphis 44, Charlotte 38 in overtime. Biff's boys almost pull it out here. Almost. God, it was so close. They almost did it. Memphis is looking better, <laughs> but they're still letting bad teams hang around. We had something very rare this weekend. Kansas State 59, Baylor 25 is Scorigami. Ooh. College football Scorigami. Oh, the weirdest of all Scorigamis. There was a Scorigami last week, I believe, and I can't remember what the, I can't remember what the game it was. But this was like a Scorigami in the middle of the Wasn't block. Wasn't it like Memphis, like fifty nine, fifty, something like that? Because really, only the only way college Scorigami works so much anymore is that you have to have two scores way out, way mm-hmm. high. It's usually the only way it works anymore. But fifty nine twenty five was a gap, and we filled it in. Uh, Baylor down real bad. Okay, I'm going to read this next score to you, and I see a live reaction here. Uh, pick girl. Uh, UCF 45, Oklahoma State 3. I don't understand. Oklahoma State looked so bad. I mean, so that that's like, that's what we thought, right? After they lost to South Al, and then they got their shit together, and they started right. doing things. And, and they beat and Oklahoma. something happened in Bedlam. And here we are. Pistol Pete is not meant for space. I, I I looked to see if there is a Space Pete logo, and there is not. The best I can see him is flying a plane. Nope. So until we get a Space Pete, I don't think that that's going to happen. Pete. Uh, I just want to highlight UCF had had 600 yards in this game of offense. Oklahoma State had about 207. Hold on. I want to say something real quick. Yeah. Pete in space. <laughs> That was very good. I enjoyed that. Navy 31, UAB 6. I guess that's how you respect the troops. On Veterans Day. This this did have an amazing uh, journey drive. 20 plays, 80 yards, 12 and a half minutes. 12 minutes and 44 seconds. There we go. Hell yeah. Uh, Ended in in a TD. It was just. Hell yeah. I mean, it was close. And then like Navy. Dropped twenty one unanswered in the third quarter. The they hit yeah, it was just they crazy. hit the hammer with that twenty play eighty yard drive, uh, and then the very next like uh, drive for UAB. I think there was a pick six at some point in there, and it was just like UAB's just done. I'm I'm done. Kamesh, emotionally, how do you feel about Florida State twenty seven, Miami twenty? I'm good. I mean, Miami hung way more they, than I thought. They, they hung would. tough. You know, really, they got killed last year, like what, like forty-five-three or something. Yeah, it was it was brutal. And so they went on the road. Um, the the quarterback like a horrific arm injury at the end. Mm-hmm. It was it it was it's broken. Yeah, and so uh. like screaming out loud injury, and then you have to throw the backup, which is Tyler Van Dyke, who was not playing well, and then he throws an interception on the the drive, completely cold, very last drive of the game. Like like a minute left, and he's like, "Hey Tyler, uh, you, you, know, um, you know, the quarterback just just broke his arm in 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 horrific fashion. And uh, is there a way you can, you know, get a touchdown and tie the game? Uh, a little bit too much to ask. And and really, I will take this as as a Canes fan. I will take it. You you're still bowl eligible. 
you're markedly improved over last year. I will say that, you know, you probably should have one more win because you didn't kneel. Uh, whatever. Fine. Uh, everybody makes horrific mistakes from time to time that you, you, you probably uh, won't be able to sleep some nights because you remember that ridiculous mistake. Uh, just like, uh, you know, ESPN made when they said Mike Norvell was walking into the game and it was an actually Mario Cristobal, which ESPN had a horrible, horrible graphic day. They, yeah, they were. They, uh, my they, favorite was calling Presbyterian College the Blue Hose, H O E S. Oh, no. On a graphic. Oh, no. Yeah, that's great. That was Post great. Post that in the chat. And then they, uh, let me find it. I, I got a mute. I'm cough laughing. <laughs> so that one was great. And then also they managed to fuck up their F the like FCS graphic. They, they ruined an FCS graphic. They screwed up the Sunbelt East and West completely. Like they did not get anything correct. It was just like, like I, like I had a bad weekend yeah. in terms of like fact checking because I messed up like two or three yeah. things. But nothing. I mean, we're close we're to. like tweeting fast and furiously, and we're gonna make typos. We're gonna get something wrong. We're we're gonna do that uh, because we're trying to keep up with the madness as it's happening. That's fine. You're ESPN. You have people that do this mm-hmm. for a living and get paid. We're we're just idiots tweeting things. So yeah. I cannot find I cannot find the blue host. Um, it was in there somewhere. Is it in the uh, in the sicko CBB thread somewhere? It was somewhere. Okay. Anyway, I'll look That's for it. But yeah, refer to them as the blue hose. Close enough. Yes. Oregon State 62, Stanford 17. Oregon State, basically on their first 12 drives, had nine TDs. <laughs> Just like absolutely hammered them. I want you guys to look. I dropped it in the podcast thread. What the next two games uh, Oregon State has lined up. Oh, no. Uh, we're going to host oh, no. number five, Washington. Then we're at number six, Oregon. Yep. So good for them. Hey, you know what, guys? It's been a great year. You can you you want to really fuck someone's season up, Oregon State? You got the chance, and you're you're running hot on the perfect. They time play game. Washington and Corvallis. Mm-hmm. I'm, I bet she's gonna be cold and rainy in Corvallis, mm-hmm. and like windy. But it's oh, but they're used to playing Seattle though. UTSA 34, Rice 14. I was wrong again. Thought this was going to be spicy. Ended up not being, but JT Daniels was hurt and Frank Harris was not. And that's sort of all you need to know. Rice was playing a freshman quarterback who did fine, but just was not, it was not it. Texas A&M 51, Mississippi State 10. Still got you fired, Jimbo. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, interim head coach uh, Steve Adazio. Oh, God. No, I think they named the staff? interim coach. Is that he what is. He Yes, did? he is. He's their offensive line coach. Yeah, and they just signed him to like a, a renewal. They renewed all of those assets. Oh God. Yeah, there's there's a reason a lot of AM fans are like, I I'm just not perceiving my team this year. Because like down the whole staff, it's a lot of people that are not great. Duke 45, North Carolina 47 in overtime. There was some rough shenanigans here. There was one interception at the end where it was a 50-50 ball, pretty close. It looked like the Duke guy pulled it away from the North Carolina receiver. Yeah. It was from Tez, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know from if it was Tez, Tez well, or not. Uh, but they didn't even look at it. Just like whistling, just kept going, kept going. 
ACC so Duke, that's what it feels like to be ACC ref the other way. Congratulations. Yeah, ACC refs don't know what to do when it's two teams from the same side of the Mason-Dixon. So we're going to see how that interacts with adding teams from California next year. App State 42, Georgia State 14. Georgia State, you had a great run, guys. It was four in a row to be in with. You won like six of your first seven. And then it's just been brutal loss, brutal loss, brutal loss. They lost 42 to 12 last week as well. Uh, 42-14. 42-14, yes. yeah. So it, that's two in a it's, row. It's, it's okay. Who do they have next? They're they're going to LSU. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. And, and But like even worse, they finish hosting a very feisty old dominion who is just swinging and trying to take people's teeth out at this point. Well, not this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bad, bad times, James Madison, 44, Yukon six. <sighs> yeah. Uh, this was, UConn, you didn't have to not. do this. You, you can no, schedule well, got, literally whoever you want. Why did you do this? I mean, at the time they scheduled it, maybe it was a good idea. Like, oh, you know, they're moving up. They're probably not going to be great their first couple of years. Yeah. It feels like scheduling mm-hmm. North Dakota State, but okay. Coastal 31, Texas State 23. Kamish shit talked Coastal on another podcast, and now they're coming I, for him. I didn't like shit talk them, but it was just like they were, they were two and three. And I was like, they don't feel like Coastal was. And they they just kind of feel normal, and uh, they were just like, "Oh yeah," they, and then they've won five in a row. I want to I want to know that they have that up and on bulletin board. It's like they smack every time they walk. The sickos committee says you feel normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like they took that as an insult. What? We're not normal. We're coastal Carolina. And we got, and we got Joe Moorhead going. I don't want my shit being shown up on the sickos committee page. <laughs> Eastern Carolina gets a win. Eastern Carolina 22, FAU 7. Yeah, that's, on the road. Eastern wins on the road. That's, that's still a bizarre F- thing. FAU. Like, again, uh, it was on ESPN Plus. No one watched this, but it was like fascinating to watch the score like build up. It, it, did, it didn't make any sense. Um, Marshall, yeah. Marshall wins on the NFL Network 38-33 over Georgia Southern. Yeah. Gus the Eagle is inconsolable on yeah, this one. Gus is just he was, he was so super happy. Just. I love that Gus, Gus just like shit, like he's one of the shit talkiest mascots on Twitter and I love him for it. Like Georgia State fans in his mention and he just like posts screenshots of half empty stadiums. <laughs> just absolutely just. Okay, Beth, Oklahoma 59, West Virginia 20. I mean, it did what it said on the tin. That's what That's, happens yep. to West Virginia and Norman. So the thing happened that usually happens to West Virginia and Norman and my very good football team could end up eight and four with no wins against a team with a winning record. Hooray. Love it. Still counts. Imagine the lofty There's... heights of being eight and four. I... I I just, all you need to know about this game is that Puddles came up to me afterwards and was like, I may have been unwarrantedly optimistic about this game. <laughs> No, Puddles is becoming but, self-aware. But, but Pit Girl, it won't ima- last. Imagine how how high they're going to float up into what tier of bowl game they're going to end up in. Oh no! Only to get destroyed by some SEC mm. team. No, mm. no, no, no. True. Can we can we get West Virginia to San Antonio? That would be that would be fun because then you get to play a Pac-12 team in San Antonio. Oh. Hmm. 
Arizona State 17, UCLA 7. Uh, UCLA, it's done. Like, like you got your six wins. You're going to a bowl game. Put the tarps up. Like, this is... They, 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 they were down to, like, not their quarterback. It's bad. It, it, Chip Kelly is has a better defense than offense. I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. Yeah. This is, this is I, I just want to say that I love Arizona State's, like, skill players. Like, just their names. So, like, the Arizona State quarterback is is Borgay. I'm like, I love that. Then they have, like, this this tiny running back who's just built like a, like, just like a Minecraft person. Just, <laughs> just like, square. And it's it's Cameron Scatabo or Scatabo, whatever. And it just, just, they give him the ball. Just, it's hilarious. It just, nothing but tremendous effort. Like, just seems like he almost, like, dies on every play, given so much effort. I can't a- read his name normally. My brain looks at it and goes, skate bro. Skate bro. <laughs> it it kind of works out. But, and then and then their number one wide receiver, last name is just Badger. It's just like, I love their <laughs> name so much. Badger, Badger, and Badger, Badger, Mushroom. Oh, my God. So, so, it's like, so you got Borgay and Scadaboo and Badger. And I Badger. love it. I love it so much. That's that is that is a fucking tempy ass law firm if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Borgay. The law is of Borgay, Scadaboo, and Borgay, Badger. Scadaboo, and Badger. We fight for you. This is this is a heist movie I would watch. <laughs> I love. I just love their names so much. It's ridiculous. And and yes, Cameron Scadaboo built like a Minecraft person. He's tough to tackle, man. I I I, I would never tackle this dude in a million years. Boise State 42, New Mexico 14, and they still fired their coach. San Jose State 42, Fresno State 18. San Jose State scored 21 in the first quarter and then just fucking leaned They on. just, they... Fresno State looked slow and bad. I don't I don't even know what the hell happened. Uh, San Jose State wins the Valley Trophy. Hawaii 27, Air Force 13. Go, Bows! Air Force Go. broke Hawaii. What broke. happened? Air Force, sorry, Army broke Air Force. Same thing happened. It was like, it was turnovers. Like Air Force just coughed up the ball a bunch again. And this is just, it was part two of what happened last time. I don't know what's different. I like Air Force's QB went out for a bit. Remember he got knocked out a couple games ago. And ever since then, something ain't like something's not there. Hmm. He's hurting. He's, it's, it's something because this is, this is, ooh. The Air, the Army loss may not have counted for the Mountain West, but this one did. We, uh, unfortunately, we do not have a complete circle of sicko yet because both New Mexico and San Diego State's only conference wins are Hawaii. So that's going to stop us. Troy 45, ULM 14. This went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. Well, I told you. And, I told you that Troy was, oh, you were, was, you were right. was going to. I think the over-under was like 45 or something. And I was like, Troy is going to hit the over-under by themselves. And they did. Commissioner Thomas. I, I mean, I, I, I had a feeling on that one. Uh, I'm just glad uh, Monroe didn't get shut out. Um, the the fun thing I just threw in the chat is that the radio folks of Troy and uh, ULM were in the press box. Apparently, uh, they were battling Alabama State, uh, which are known as the Hornets. So uh, the MVP of the day was the Wasp and Hornet Killer that they had to use in the press box just to broadcast this game. 
Wow. Let's do that in the chat. That's some Sun Belt level intimidation some, right that there. That is some Sun Belt level. Um, you know, basically, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, ULM has Ole Miss this week. I think the over-under oh, yeah. is like 64 at the line. And I'm like, Ole Miss is probably going to cover that themselves. I would, I would think I, so. I mean, honestly, I think that's what they're going to do. Um, because Ole Miss is probably going to be mad after what, what Georgia did to them. And then USC 27, Oregon 36. This went about what you thought it would. Mm-hmm. Or SC like sort of claws back at the very end. But yeah, uh, at some point, Bonix's passer rating was in the thousands. Ooh. Well, after his first Cause, pass. Because he his, his first pass was like 80 yards for a touchdown. 77-yard touchdown. And, one pass, 77-yard touchdown. Then his second pass was another long touchdown pass. And his his rating was like eleven hundred seventy six or something. Yeah, this is like elo numbers at this point. Yeah, and then like I I don't know what happened. It feel like like Oregon gained five hundred fifty two yards. The Grink was not there. You know, it's just that that USC is going to have to play some sort of uh, incredible uh, offensive game. And and Oregon was like, no, we're not going to let you do that. Um, you know, Caleb Williams is going to make some plays. Somebody in the Twitter thread said that the Dr. Pepper curse commercial accidentally really cursed. Caleb oh, where he, where he walks underneath. He, he the, walked uh, underneath ladder, way yeah. too many ladders. And his number's 13. I mean, it was just, I mean, I'm superstitious. I, I would have never done that commercial like that. I, I, I could not do that, even if I'm like an awesome athlete. But yeah, USC's seven and four now, and the Grink is no longer there. Since we're talking about this game, I would like to take a moment to appreciate the uh, Oregon Ducks Shrinkinator bit from oh, this yeah. week. It was great, mm-hmm. and they had Delightful. the little baby duck come out. Yes, yes, it was so it was good. So good. I am dropping it in the chat for everyone's delight. Um, but we lo- we love tiny puddles, tiny from puddles. wherever mm-hmm. he came. Someone said it was the difference between a guy who's six foot one and a guy who's five foot eleven. <laughs> <laughs> On to our FCS and funky ones, which I kind of like that name for our Yeah, it's thing. just the funky ones. Uh, I, I do want to shout out the first game I watched the entirety of that day. Uh, the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy 39, the U.S. Coast Guard 27. Ended up being a very good game. One of our pot, one of our dudes in our uh, member, uh, uh, Patreon member NJ, who's in our Discord, yeah. was at the game. And... Mm-hmm. Gave us some extra stuff, including the fact that uh, Merchant Marine tried to kidnap Abji, the bear, yeah. the mascot. And that's the bear with the, with the lots of six packs. He's the really ripped bear mm-hmm. that doesn't wear pants or a, a shirt. And uh, apparently the mas- they tried to steal the mascot, but failed to adopt the head because the guy in the suit was a wrestler. And then... Coast Guard tried to steal one of the Merchant Marine banners. It was back and forth. This game is beautiful. Like, is it like they played it at Coast Guard? The Coast Guard Academy is right on one of the river. It looks amazing. It was a great atmosphere. D3 football is wonderful, especially in New England. Do it. Congrats, Merchant Marine. They extend their streak in the series by a bit. This is for the Secretary's Cup. We had two winless showdowns, and both of those games ended up being. A lot of fun. First off, Indiana State gets their first win. They beat the Western Illinois 
Leathernecks are Sycamores are now one and nine. They put Western Illinois away pretty handily. Yeah, the Leathernecks took a six nothing lead. Uh, they doinked an extra point, but it was like a doink that hit the left upright and just went clear across the uprights, like yeah. to the right hand side, rick- like rick- it ricocheted. ricocheted like I, I don't know how it didn't go in, but it didn't go in, and so they missed it in the Indiana State. Uh, our beloved Sycamores. Uh, they just basically just put it away, and I feel bad for Western Illinois. Their quarterback was just under siege all game long. I, oh, just, just like was taking just, sacks and just give him, running and like just give him like a portable ice bath because he's gonna need it. Ouch. Our other double winless showdown was Wofford eleven, the Citadel three. The Terriers win this one. Congrats, Terriers. This this game was kind of, it was like, it was sprinkling in the beginning. And so Wofford gets a touchdown. They go for two. So it's eight, nothing. Then the Citadel gets a field goal. And then the heavens opened up. I mean, there's like literal standing water on like outside the hash marks in this field. It was just coming down endlessly. And it was ridiculous. There was some hilarious fumbles. I think the Citadel fumbled probably they, on their first two drives. They fumbled. It, it was just <laughs> a, such a sloppy game, but the Citadel, the Citadel had a chance to tie with the last, like uh, with a minute left in the game. Uh, they just could not get it done and, and could not get the, the, the tie because honestly, I don't think anybody could move the ball in that weather. That was, was I, yeah. Like, like Citadel had 150 yards of offense. Wofford had 200. Nothing could, no, no, sorry. Uh, that's the rushing yards only. Uh, yeah. Total offense was like 250 yards. Like no one could really do anything this game. Congrats, Wofford. Get your first win of the year. They're one and nine. Citadel drops to 0 and 10. And then our, you can't tell me what to do, dad, game of the week. UC Davis versus Idaho State. Hawkins versus Hawkins. The elder Hawkins is the head coach at UC Davis. The younger Hawkins, Cody Hawkins is the head coach at Idaho State. UC Davis wins 21-14 in the in the Holt Arena. Uh this was a late touchdown to win this thing. It was a pretty good game overall. It was a good one. It was a close one. It was a back and forth battle. UC Davis had a nice run uh from the QB. I think it was a QB or it could have been like one of those direct snaps. Broke a couple tackles and and took it in with like 2 minutes left and Idaho State tried to drive and uh to tie it but they threw a pick. At the end, a great game. Fantastic game. And then we had a beautiful Hail Mary Central Arkansas over Western Kentucky, over Eastern Kentucky. My bad. I am going to stream this for us to watch because yeah. this is great. Hmm. Got it. Wow. How did he come up with that? I don't know. I have no clue. He. Wow. Wow. It ricochets into someone else's hands. Ricochets off. It wasn't like Eastern Kentucky's defenders didn't defenders didn't like knock it down either. No. Like it, it, it bounced off uh, one of Central Arkansas receivers hands into the hands of another Central Arkansas receiver. I believe this puts them in the lead for the UAC. I, I think so. Uh, their so their hopes are still company. alive. They are tied. Well, actually, uh, Austin P is five and zero in the UAC, okay. and Central Arkansas is four and one. But guess who they play next week? 
each other. Ooh. Ooh. UAC drama, which is, is like kind of the whack and somebody else with their powers combined. It was a lot of fun. Um, shout out to Nichols. Nichols University. Shout out to the Colonels. They they won the Southland automatic bid. They beat they yeah. beat Lamar. They're six and zero uh, in conference. Uh, ESPN apparently has their overall win loss at five and four, which it doesn't make sense. But I I don't know. I think they're counting. Oh, they they count the uh, the Northwestern State game as a forfeit win for them, which is weird. That's what that's what they're that's what they're counting okay. as. So, yeah, uh, they beat Incarnate Word uh, last weekend, who is the ranked team, and Incarnate Word's only loss in in uh, conference is to Nichols. So Nichols gets the automatic bid. So Incarnate Word, who's in the top, you know, rankings, top ten of the FCS rankings, does not get an auto bid this year because Nichols. Uh- uh, also, also, congrats to Nichols basketball who beat LSU. Ayo. Yes, by uh, I'm pulling, I'm pulling a pointer out of their ass. That's right. Um, ben is not going to be happy about that. Congrats to Bowling Green, Maryland, App State, Auburn, Texas A and M, and Iowa State on being bowl eligible. I am. I am so excited. Are, we have so many bowl eligibles next week. We have so many. We have so many like five and five versus five and five. It is. I am so hyped for next week. It's incredible. Uh, but I know Beth wanted to talk about the Michigan thing, so let, let's. I do. Let's go. What do you got, Beth? Perfect. So um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I especially wanted to discuss the injunction in detail. So I'm so glad that we have so much time remaining to really get into the Harbaugh thing and to discuss the legal ramifications of uh, the decision not to go forward at all with anything in this. This is just fascinating to me. 